and welcome to another episode of As Yet Untitled. I'm Rob. And I'm Chris. So firstly, thank you everyone for listening. Indeed. Um, but I do want to know, are we doing the Harry Potter one? Because obviously this will be after the Harry Potter one. Because we've got that one as six. So this would, would, but we've got six and three quarters. So would that make this one seven? I would say this one seven. Yes, yeah, so we have just got done watching The uh, Fifth Element. I love that movie. I've not seen this film properly. I have, as you know, we are got some yeah. DVD. I've watched it, like I think, like five weeks ago or so. Oh, okay. So I actually still it's enjoy it. fresh in your mind. Yeah. That's what I was able to say. Bits yeah, yeah. Up. So Chris done the thing that I tend to do. Um, when a film comes on and I'm watching it, I start saying the lines either before or as they're happening. Yeah, I know. And you're not very happy with me doing that. I, I didn't just... mind it. It was, it was nice for someone else to do it rather than me for a change. <laughs> Especially with the turtles, I was basically giving you the script. Yeah, you did. Note, I did. I did notice that, <laughs> and I did kind of the same to you here. Yeah, so it kind of balances out. It's fine. It's fine. I enjoyed it. I mean, I would love to see you do the uh, the Chris Tucker voice. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to practice at that. Ah, oh, I thought he was going to give me a little snippet of a. No, no. no. <laughs> the thing is, I, I can't think offhand like a, a catchphrase. <laughs> just, I, just do the voice. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot there thank you for that it's, <laughs> it's all right anytime the thing is i see chris tucker every time i see him i instantly think of um rush hour i didn't see that no okay so seeing him in this role is different so I know the yeah you've not seen rush hour no <gasps> oh that's got to be done maybe in the future oh yeah speaking of the future the fifth element yes yes it is set in the future uh not in the beginning no 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 so this is the this is as far as we've gone into the future with a film right Yes, we've had Ferris Bueller, which is 80s, 90s. Yeah. Evolution, modern day. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, modern day. Would that be past? Because that was like in the 90s when it was supposed to happen, right? Yeah, when I say, okay, let's say 90s then. Yeah. But I still think of 1990s <clears throat> being 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. You look back thinking 10 years ago, it's only 1990s. No, that was quite some time earlier. Yeah. Okay. And then, so yeah, this is as far as we've gone. Yeah, this is. This is the first movie we've gone this far into the future. Yeah, so welcome to the future, Chris. I was expecting a hover bike by now. Oh, well, you wanted a flying car when you were seeing them. Oh, who? I can't, I can't drive a car, but I want a flying car. I don't think it would be as much of an issue to no, have saw, a flying car. Sorry, it had a button for automatic. Exactly. Just I mean, programming on a that's, a, that's a lazy cab driver. <laughs> it really is. But we have, we've skipped. Yeah, I know. So anyway, <laughs> so we'll get back. So before we actually tell you all about what we've been watching, uh, you kind of got the gist already. If it's your first time listening to As Yet Untitled... Why are you listening to this one if it's your first time? I know. Go back to the beginning. You tell them. You tell them, Chris. Go on, carry on. Go back to, all the way to number one, which was Zombieland. It was. It was, yes. Go listen to that because, well, we're very funny and you'll enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, we'll listen to the second one because you'll enjoy us. You'll, you'll learn to love us. Listen to them all. Yeah. A couple of times over. Give us lots of views and then decide for yourself what you think of us. Exactly. And uh, if... Is there ways of them being able to listen to us? There are many ways. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure someone as smart as you knows them all. Uh, well, I don't know if there's anyone else, but um, you can find SoundCloud uh, if you just type in Adia Untitled. Don't get mistaken with um, the uh, dodgy Alan Davis thing because we're, we're far more better than that. We're far more better. And exactly. And that <laughs> sentence sums us up. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but better. yeah, so don't get us confused with the Alan Davis thing. Obviously, when you write an adjunct untitled, it's literally all one word. That's how unique we are. Yes, we are special. Very. So yeah, go on to uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. You know, we're on tuning. I didn't. 
Uh, well, we are on tune in. No, I, I did know. Every time we bring this up, I say I didn't know. I'm not stupid. I know. I think you've got like a lack of memory when it comes to tuning radio. Probably. I've never actually used tuning myself, so that's probably why. <sighs> See, they a co-host. I don't even use them there. I have a YouTube channel and I do this with you. <laughs> I don't really have much You just off the pod. You said you don't even listen to them. I listen to bits. He listens to the intro. <laughs> well, it's very funny, especially the zombie, uh, not the zombie, the um, evolution one. Go and listen to the evolution podcast. Yeah. You tell me if it's funny or not. Exactly. Well, a minute ago, basically, we just recreated the evolution <laughs> intro. And uh, <laughs> I had done the second part of As Welcome to the Podcast, and Chris got himself into a flurry. I believe he actually started recording. <laughs> so I was suddenly like, oh, uh, uh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm here. Present. Present. <laughs> school days. Oh, hello. <laughs> Did you ever do that in school? Like, present and put your hand up? In my secondary school, we had the normal uh, registers. That's cool. I've almost got the, num- the name of it. Oh, I've got the numbers. <laughs> After all, we had that, the cards you scan at the wall. Oh, oh wow. Like register that showed you had arrived in school. Oh. So, speaking of scanners, how futuristic is that? What, the cards in the school? Yeah, good out. My school never had that. <laughs> In my school, people just gave the cards to friends and they scanned each other, and that's why we stopped. But it's, I don't know, it's not really as advanced as, say, the passport system. That's incredibly complex, isn't it? It is. And uh, speaking of scanners and passports, you know where that's very, very needed? In the fifth element. Yeah, if they had a proper passport system, the whole mm-hmm. air, airport scene wouldn't have been so long. It wouldn't. So before we tell you about that bit, doesn't it start in Egypt? It does. Um, we well, it, oh, the screen opens up on a desert where some archaeologists are deciphering some hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. and with a little caption on this saying it's uh, Earth, nineteen fourteen, Egypt. And not to be not to be convinced with uh, with Earth, Egypt, on Mars or something. <laughs> That's just show yeah. the planet for some reason. <laughs> Which I didn't get. I was like, all right, I understand it's there for a reason. But 1914 doesn't seem that long ago. It looked really empty as well. It looked very old-fashioned for me. Well, the, we know that now because um, the graphics and the capabilities have yeah, moved advanced. But... I mean, just in general, like, it was Prince of Persia-esque. Like, it was very old, like, ancient. And, which I understand that's the idea. But in 1914, like, come on. Two years after the Titanic sank. Like, really? Isn't that the... So that's the first or second world war i think so yeah i know the, right about I know the second world war still with good fair way uh, yeah yeah but... 1935 the second world war yeah. so yeah so it was, i would say pre-world war one okay. or, or just yeah around about that round or, about that around area. but it to me it just didn't seem old enough that was my issue with that my issue was the fact that why are these two people the, their backstory these two archaeologists were never given just two two random people in the desert and abandoned little tomb Mm-hmm. Which, frankly, from the outside, looks a little more than a small hill. <laughs> yeah, it does. But yeah, it's, um, we've got these two archaeologists. They're trying to describe, um, learn what these hieroglyphics mean because it's some very unusual hieroglyphics. Very scientific looking for the time. They were very, very. And a priest realised. Uh, well, we uh, we meet a, a character who's a priest. We do. And he's very shady, it seems. But he's he seems he's shady for a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say. Um... He seems very, di- how would you put it? He's in a bit of a mess, I think, personally. I think, I don't know, I don't think he knows what's ready to happen. No, but he's been charged with what he considers a holy duty, mm-hmm. protecting a great secret. 
yeah. these people getting too close, so he believed he was doing the right thing by uh, slipping something in the water. But it was a bad attempted assassination. I mean, come on, if you're going to toast, like he said, you don't toast with water. No. Well, the, the, the idea of the toast wasn't his, was it? No. It was the other guy <laughs> was who the just chucked the water over so, But yeah, we see a man on the hieroglyphics. A man, as uh, quoted, as, as it's supposed to be. Um, well, it's a human figure they assume is made. I, gu- I guess so. I mean, there was nothing there to show it was made. It was <laughs> just a normal, like, almost like a stick insect. <laughs> well, no, that screwed my brain up. A stick figure, not a stick insect. Yeah, we're going to cut that. Actually, <laughs> uh, Rob has suffered from a, a laughing fit right now. I'll carry on for a couple of minutes. Yes, this stick figure. <laughs> It looks, uh, they just assume it's a male character surrounded by four set, well, four different wavy lines, sets of wavy lines. Yeah. So these four sets of wavy lines focused on the stick figure, and they, the priest is very upset that these people have somehow realised what this might mean. Yeah, and I guess, because, I, I mean, there's a lot, of, this is the really, really confused me, to be honest. There was a lot of numbers right at the beginning. One said like 5,000 years. And then, as you pointed out, someone says 300 years. And then there was like a five, maybe 500 years or something. They didn't know, they knew what was going on, but they didn't have like enough to know like where the timing was and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like they just seemed confused themselves. Yeah, uh, I can understand that to a point. But for me, cause like I've said, I've yeah, said when you've seen times. it a, a second time, it, it makes sense. But yeah. when I first watched it, I was like, I don't get it. And another thing is wasn't clear as well. Okay, well, we'll get to those. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, the archaeologists state that they've, what they've read... Right. The younger archaeologist said, all right, when is this great evil supposed to return? Yep. And the older one says, this is the one, and this is like... I saw no numbers, hieroglyphic numbers. No, 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 no. About five, every 5,000 years. And apparently it's been like 4,700 years... Roughly. Since the yeah. last one, so they say three hundred years later. Three hundred years later. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. SpongeBob has ruined me. Any time someone says like a few minutes later or like three hundred years later, you expect that voice. Yeah. Here we go. Three hundred years later. Later. But yes, the uh, aliens come down at this point, don't they? Like, well, I would say clockwork looking. I, I do. I don't. Basically, it looks like someone just ransacked the Doctor Who. Building and just got a couple of ideas together for costumes and threw them on like a, a turtle looking thing. It did seem very not badly put together, but they would think the aliens would be a bit more streamlined. <laughs> just the tad. <laughs> thing is, those suits, we don't know what size the aliens are because later on we find out there's a human form almost like because yeah. Lilu, Lilu, yeah, she was inside one of them. That's good. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm either gonna sound stupid or really blow your mind. Are they from the future? No, the uh, they're a, they're a race out in space. They're not time travellers. Space race. Yes, the space race. Right. Not the nineteen fifties one <laughs> no. where everyone's trying to reach the moon. Go on, yeah. So they're a race from space. Yeah, and they've been they're looking after what well, we find out later are the stones. Yeah, they're very important people. They very are. Them. They are. <laughs> but no, the ones that you see now in nineteen fourteen are not the same people that turn up in the future. They're, they're maybe the people's descendants. So it's like um, like a generation thing. So like, th- this was your mission kind of thing, and then it gets passed. And the thing is, like, they were robots, right? 
We don't know what they were. They look like, to me, they look like robots. So if robots never run out of fuel, they could be the same ones. I don't, I, see, we we find out speak the name of the species later. Yeah. I'm assuming they're like organic inside the suits. Possibly. That's fair enough. But we did miss out a few things. So oh. uh, it says, as is light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have the uh, this young boy called Aziz, who is using a large... I don't know how they got this large platter, platter there. <laughs> no idea. Because that wasn't. There's nothing there to show where it came from. It's no. kind of looks a little too dusty, but clean to be a relic. Yeah. But a giant gold reflective platter. Yeah, I'd say so. He's using to reflect the sunlight from outside onto the wall. And every time Aziz, the poor little boy, it goes to drift off. Aziz, light. It says that, few, and the guy, the guy next to him, has got an Aziz light counter yeah, on his paper. What's it? What is he actually marking? Is that which? Which one? The older one says stronger. So is it as easy says stronger or the light? I think it's that every time he says that sentence, as he's light, that's a a tally. But it, it annoyed me because he didn't do his tally right. There was about fifteen of them, and he didn't put a little gate line for no. any of them. <laughs> I didn't teach him. <sighs> I mean, if they can work out if it's five thousand bloody years hieroglyphics, at least put a gate line in to make no, a proper tally. American, wasn't he? Ah, oh, it, it was annoying. <laughs> that, that kicked my OCD off so bad. <laughs> I'm lucky. My OC only generally comes into play when I'm trying to leave the house. Okay. <laughs> I have to go and check the doors. When it's open the back door, close the back door, lock it, op- unlock it, open the door, close it. I'm lucky I can leave the house sometimes. <laughs> That's why we do the pods. That's what it is. <laughs> That's why I force you to come here and spend time in my room with me. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, we find out the stones are not safe on Earth anymore. Well, um, the aliens turn up. Mm-hmm. This is going back just a touch here. Aliens turn up and... As the alien ship has landed, they've cut off the light. So the old man shouts, Aziz, light. And at that point, the alien spaceship lights up and floods the entire room in incredibly bright light. Now, how did he not notice that? No, I don't know. Academics, they're too focused on what's in front of them. Come on, I'm not being funny, but if you've got like a little light that's on your wall, and all of a sudden, this big booming floodlight sort of hits you, and you You think, you'd be like, hello, (laughs) where'd that come from? But yeah, he, say, he says, oh, thank you, Azizi. And Azizi's trying, moving the thing around, <laughs> trying to figure out how the heck he got the light. Yeah. You never see what happened to Aziz, do you? Yeah, I find it, I mean, Billy gets shot. Billy's the guy that's doing the tally count. He doesn't get shot. I think he just passes out. He does say, he, sh- he shoots them. He, uh, yeah. And then falls back, right? You don't think he killed himself. He got killed. <laughs> he fell down, broke his neck or something. I hope he did. It was annoying. Yeah, but he, he's just been shown proof of alien life and he's terrified <laughs> I'm thinking he's got a right to be a bit annoying would you rep the same though? no I'd probably pee myself <laughs> lovely <laughs> so if a, if a Roswell Grey walked through my bedroom door now what would you do? I'd be like I'm going home <laughs> straight out the, the window <laughs> I'd be there I'd laugh cry and then hide under my bed or something yeah <laughs> fair enough well, I don't want those probes near me <laughs> there, was a, there was something that I picked up, picked up on actually so the aliens, uh, well, they, whatever they are, are they, would you call Mother them aliens? Chi-wen. Yeah, that's the ones. Uh, yeah, so the Mother Chi-wen's say, um, there is n- time is not important, only life is important. Yeah. And then later on, that same sentence is said again. By the priest. Yeah. I think it's, well, as we know, they, they've arrived, they've collected, they've opened a secret the panel, they've gone and collected the stones. Mm-hmm. I think they've passed that knowledge on because the priest was one of the priests was there wasn't he yeah he gets given the key as the right is it Billy the annoying mind Billy Roger Billy 
shoots at them by accident. He slips back and the gun goes off. He does. That triggers what I assume is a self-preservation protocol in the temple. It starts to close. Yeah. One of the Mondachimans gets squished. And just I know. beforehand, his finger, for some reason, his finger sticks out and the key... Keeves on it, yeah. Yes. So the, the priest must have taken it off. Because as the, as the walls are closing, he says, come on, you've, got to, you've still got time. He goes, time not important. Life, life is important. Mm -hmm. Only life. So that must be like a, a major thing for him. Like he's heard this through people he's been charged with protecting. Yeah. So he's carried that on. He's probably passed it on to his student and so on and so forth. Indeed, yeah. And I think it's good that they continue that on kind of thing. So it's like, that's the most important thing for them. It's not time, it's life. Yeah. Um, and I like the way it's continued on. I think it does make sense. And it sort of keeps the, the film ticking over because they keep going on about, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. Time not important. Exactly. And it's not the time that's they're worried about. It's the life that, yeah. at the end of the film, it's the life that's important. Yeah. So it kind of... It, uh, yeah, time is a... The running out of time thing is very prevalent in this movie. Yeah, a it's big time. Yeah. Around. Cool. <laughs> what, yeah, so it's prevalent? I, well, no, because I said big time. As in... Oh, okay. <laughs> Blew my own mind, then. Blew my own. Yes, the stone... They've opened the door. The stones have been retrieved, along with a very unusual-looking obelisk. Of some I, again, I didn't realise what was going on until you then told me. Basically, the obelisky-looking thing. It has is carvings on it that look like a, a person's face pointing upwards, you know, with their mouth open. Mm -hmm. But it just looks like an ebony statue like that. Yeah, I just to be honest, I thought it was like a would you, what was the right word? Is that a tomb? Like a mummy's? You mean like a sarcophagus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in Egyptian temples, that's where the mummy was put inside the sarcophagus. That's the thingy, yeah. I love the Egyptian stuff. When yeah, I go to the British Museum, I love looking at that. It's weird, though. Like, what, having your brain pulled out through your nose yeah, yes, that's mm. well I, frankly I don't plan for mummification for myself <laughs> when I die I'm going to be burnt up cremated <laughs> lovely thanks for airing that on the pod I don't <laughs> think people really mind <laughs> just keep listening because this does get better it doesn't need to... it's quite well as well yeah. thank you <laughs> right let's go back we've, we've veered off course it's quite. you it's you you're the one that brought up mummification no, I just said it's weird so, so, we first get introduced to Bruce Willis. French years later. Okay, we yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Are we going into that now? Yeah, we'll go. We'll meet up with Bruce Willis now. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could make a very interesting point. I tell you what. So this is my. I, I I was very picky. He looks like Duke Nukem. Yeah, you realise I've never noticed that before, and now you've said it, I can't not see that. <laughs> We're sorry, but he did. He had an orange tank top on, and like he's got like blondish hair yeah, or something. That's bleach blonde hair. Yeah, and Bruce Willis has hair. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, I've I've watched movies like the. Is it Die Hard. Die Hard. He's got no hair, and that come out in the eighties. No, in the first one, he had black hair. Did he? Yeah. Yippee ki yay. What? You sound like you sound like Lulu. If you can say it if you want, because I'll bleep it. Oh, no, I don't. You bleep it anyway. You just take out the bleep. Now they know we're saying. It's back to Rush Hour again. I can't, I'll explain in the next one. Okay. Um, yeah, so we meet Bruce Willis with hair. Which, which is, I think it still baffles my mind. <laughs> I think that blew my mind more than the film did. Wow, you're very easy to please. Oh, it's, it's weird seeing Bruce Willis with hair. Okay. 
Do you not think? And it wasn't much hair, was it? It was just a little comb over. <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't see what I'd done hair. then. I just sort of yeah. <laughs> combed That's over. Right. I've, I've done it before. Yeah. We've, we're talking, I've just I've nodded my head at you, expecting everyone to hear it. Yeah. Hear the fact that I've nodded my head. The power of, um, not well, the power of no video. But he is a cab driver. He in is. A, okay. Is that his little place he's living in? Is that like the future of housing? Because that is like a, he's, you could fit two of his place in one of my bedroom. Yeah. Because literally from there, you can, once again, they're not seeing this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm looking directly towards the end of my bedroom wall here, at my bedroom wall, straight down behind me. And it's like, it's literally half of that is his apartment. Mm-hmm. He's got his bed and his... He's got a bed. <laughs> That's all he's really got. He's got a bed. And then where are his fridges? It drops into a shower. Yeah. His fridge and... I was about to say freezer. <laughs> his fridge and his bed. <laughs> No, not bed. You know, just cut, cut that bit because I've screwed that up. Bridge and his shower. It's like on a um, up and down podium kind of thing. You'd step, you'd, the fridge would go down and the shower would come in place. So I have a question. Okay. So when he's in the shower, there's a little hole, right? Yes. In the corner. So does that water then run down into the fridge? And then that's what, because obviously you have like water that, for the freezer. No, I don't think there's no? bot- the dirty body water for that. What, it's the future. I could probably like, clean it yeah. somewhere along the line. I don't... Purify it. Yeah, possibly, but that would make the room even bulkier. Like, you'd see from like, one room to the next, uh, one apartment to the next, there's very little space in between them, isn't there? True. So everything would have to be micro-sized in the walls. But isn't that right? The beds in that universe, aren't they really wasteful? <laughs> yeah. You sleep in it once, the bed goes back into the wall and somehow gets recycled completely. Because when it comes out again, it's covered in uh, like plastic wrap again. Right. So now that'll give me my, my thing to say. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Speaking <laughs> of what you were saying with the plastic, <laughs> do they wet themselves in the future? Like, have wet the, wet the bed or something? Because there's always plastic on the bed. I don't know, mate. I don't know what people are thinking. <laughs> it would have been worse if you come out like, without the um, pee pads on the bed or something. <laughs> no one bothers to control their bladder or bowel in the future. Just let it all go. Yeah. But yeah, it just really confused me because I was like, why has he got plastic on it? And, he, and then later on, he lays on it like he's comfortable. Like I'm not, I, when you get a new mattress and sometimes you have the plastic on it, you have to take it off. Well, of course you take it off. You that know. is by far the most uncomfortable thing. Well, laying on it with plastic. On, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all like, and then you get hot and then it's all gooey. Oh, no. Um, no. You lay on your bed and it gets gooey. Well, like when you, you know when you get a mattress, you put it on. And basically, I like to lay my mattress down. And then I'll let it set for like an hour or two. Okay. And then I sort of I'll lay on it and say, oh, it's now comfortable. But when you've been laying on it, you just get really hot really quick. Okay. So if I've got, when I get a new mattress, I don't, I let it, oh, like, you do, like you do, I let it sit there, but I mm. take the plastic off before I sit on it. I don't know. It's uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know how to take it off because I like it sitting because it's got like all the air in it. So it gives it like that. Like, Almost like an air mattress kind yeah. of Yeah. And then take the patch off and then it like the last of it like rises. Like, like a cake. Have you, have you ever sat, um, sat on a waterbed? No, I want a waterbed. I've, I've sat on one before. Right. You look feeling seasick. <laughs> you try and come oh. to it, you look like, it's literally just like sitting, laying on a giant water balloon. Really? You cannot get, I cannot get comfortable on those things. So, all right, so uh, one day, as you hunt, we'll, we'll go out and uh, find a waterbed. <laughs> we'll try it. Okay, well. Uh, <laughs> that's sounding weird. I know, that's why I have nothing to say about it. Like, you guys can to sleep in the same bed. No, as just remember, we'll sit on it and then we'll. <laughs> Once again, not a scene. He's going back to the forwards and raising his eyebrows at me. So, help me. But yes, he is 
We've gone really. So he's a cab driver. He's a cab driver. He's a very small apartment. Everything's everything's in the walls of here, and he has a pet pussy. He does. He does. And uh, I don't understand. It, that has got no relevance. No. It, oh, nor the fish. <laughs> Why has he got them? He had a fish tank. I didn't even notice. <laughs> he had two fish tanks. I've watched this so many times. I didn't realise he had a fish tank. Please, Jay. Obviously, he's let the cat out because he's outside. Yeah. They're in an apartment block. Where's it going to go? I'm going to go pee down the corridor or something. I don't see a cat that I'm more worried that if he opens the other part of his room, the back bit. Yeah. The cat could fall out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to jump on the the, the, the ledge the, thing, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the Chinese van ship. <laughs> so we've um, but there's that guy. So basically, as the uh, someone knocks on his door, and he goes, "Give me the cash." <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a hat. That's, that, it's it's like, clever. Yeah, it's clever. But anyone who's ever watched any spy movies, like you know, you know when they take a picture of where the security camera is aiming at. Yeah. So they can't see. Like the cat, they can stick it in front of the camera quickly, and everyone thinks it's the normal picture. Mm-hmm. This guy's made a hat somehow with the view from Corbin Dallas. Is this is Bruce Willis's character, yeah. Corbin Dallas? Joe Corbin Dallas, <laughs> and it's, um, from his peephole. Yeah. So does that mean he must have been inside Dallas's apartment at some point, looking out the peephole? Maybe, but a guy seems like he's a little—I wouldn't say a hacker—but I think he knows what he's doing with that sort of stuff. I think he's on drugs. Well, yeah, definitely. He's definitely on something. Come on, but yeah, he pulled, um, as Corbin opens the door, he's confronted by a very large, uh, well, a strangely dressed man. Yeah, in what looks like parachute trousers. <laughs> well, like, think of MC Hammer, kind of but in leopard print. Can we address the uh, what is going on with her fashion? Like, really? The future. No, that, that look. I understand. <laughs> sometimes you have to go. Maybe there'll be a little. What was it with people in the eighties and nineties thinking that the future people are going to be wearing Larry colours? Well, Back no, to the Future does that you had, too. You had people in the sixties thinking it was good, we were going to be wearing silver by this point. In time. I know it's just mental, absolutely mental. Like, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I would prefer their fashion, and then the fashion that I mean, I've got a pair of skinny jeans. I don't wear them all the time. Thank God. But they're not. They're not skinny where you can see all my my areas. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna say something else. Yeah, yeah. Also the be here in some <laughs> so um, yeah, but I mean, come on, it's a bit. I mean, I'd rather dress like Duke Nukem, and then someone from the Only Way in Essex. Sorry, I just had a flashback to watching a few bits of Only Way in Essex. Kind of, <laughs> I thought he was gonna say a flashback to me dressing as Duke Nukem. <laughs> I've never worked. I've never dressed that. And as far as I know, neither of you. Uh, there you go. Nukem. Uh, there we go. Yeah, maybe. I, am, I haven't got the air. Great. I'm drying. It's falling out. Yeah. You'll always have more hair than me, right? I am uncomfortably uncomfortable with the bald spot. That's why not. Just spray it. Yeah, with shoe polish. Yeah. I've seen that advert before. It doesn't work. <laughs> Where were we? So we're back in a... Oh, the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The very large gun this strangely dressed gentleman is holding. Mm-hmm. It's actually very scary looking. If you look, if you've got two cartridges, like ammo cartridges on either side. But the aim's not very good, is it? No, because for some reason he's got a flimsy plastic aiming bit on it. That's already got a picture of a human, not a stick, not a stick insect, a stick person. Yeah, human. <laughs> I think that was the very last thing they designed in the prop, like the prop area, and they thought no one's gonna notice. <laughs> that was a hot. That was like a midnight design. That's Half like five asked. minutes before the scene was set. Quickly, just to put something down. <laughs> yeah, with a biro. Got the word editors, editors test thing on the side of it. Or something. Exactly, yeah. Oh, but that that was awful. That was the worst part about that film. That look at the gun. 
You didn't like the gun. I, I liked the rest of the gun. It was just the aim thing. Yeah, the sights. That was awful. I think it's supposed to be more like holograms, isn't it, for their kind of tone? But it was a really bad idea to have that kind of thing. <laughs> just the dad. And Corbin tricks him into disarming the gun. Yeah, which was clever. He said, well, the strangely dressed man demands Corbin's money. Give me the cash. You haven't. It's not loaded. What? It's not loaded. You have to press the button just there. It's the sound. Yeah, what were the noises? The guy's high. It must be. With the way he acts in a minute, yeah. And after he presses the button, he just goes. <laughs> I could do some sound effects, just like really ones. Corbin pulls out his own pistol, and then basically takes the gun off of him. He must. This guy must do this regularly because he has a lot of guns handed over to Corbin. Oh, it's the same guy with a different gun. So he's just coming knocking on the door all the time with another gun. That's what I said. No, I, I said this guy must do this oh, a lot. Oh, right. I thought you meant as in Corbin does it a lot. Like, oh, right. The... No, no. I was thinking the, the, sto- the, head, <laughs> the strange man is the one doing this a lot with a lot of different guns. Yeah, to Corbin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a guessing so. Yeah, we're on the same page now. I'm a guessing so as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically after that, he puts the gun in a like a... Like a cabinet, kind of. Well, what would you call it? Like just a storage unit that he gets from the roof. Yeah. Right. I'm very confused about the dimensions of these these apartments because they're very short. They're very short amount of space between them, and I'd assume that would be the same stairs as well. But he must have like the size of another apartment above him for his storage, which is like gun rack thing comes down. Yeah. For no reason. It's got to be because the the fridge goes up. Then the shower comes down. So I reckon they must have space between. To... So there's no apartment directly upstairs. There's all the extra bits for him up there. I reckon. Okay. Which well, doesn't make sense. If they just made the roof bigger, then you could have had it going up and down without the yeah. issue. Could have had more room. Future building. Exactly. Stupid. Again, see? And we're in the future, and we haven't got none of that. <laughs> anyway. So uh, Bruce Willis is a cab driver. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry. Just the way you looked at me then. Yes, he's a cab driver who's apparently got to go in for his um, checkup. Like car, would you say that's like an MOT? Yeah, that's what I was going to go with then. Basically, a future space person MOT. Yeah. Now, I don't understand why they'd need one. Personally, if they can, I'm going to jump a little ahead a little. If they can recreate a body from an arm, a hand, why can't a car put itself back together again? Because reasons. (laughs) <laughs> but there's not a valid excuse if they're in the future no, you've got flying cars for crying out loud no, but later on you see like the cityscape and that mm. and it's practically dystopian in some areas yeah I mean you go down far enough into the city and there's smog everywhere see this is another thing that confused me if Bruce Willis uh, is living in the future like in the future they've got the the buildings upstairs like the flying hover stuff yeah and that's sort of the rich people then you've got the smoke and smog stuff and then you've got the basically the peasants underneath yeah now if it was me and the peasants have got more room i'd rather live with the peasants than live in the, the futuristic looking thing you'd have to go out in a gas mask every time you yeah outside. but i mean i would rather go out in a gas but i mean how much room does bruce willis have and then if he's rich as say why is his fridge so empty <laughs> he's got nothing I don't think you can really judge someone's wealth by what's in their fridge. He's... He has nothing in the fridge. <laughs> no. What would he have? Chinese. Yeah, he ordered Thai, didn't he? Exactly, man? and that was it. And he gave that to it. He's that poor, he couldn't buy his cat, cat food. No, I think it's more he forgot to buy rather than he was so poor to. Do you reckon? 
Well, you, you can walk back into it. Oh, I forgot your cat food. I'm like, oh, I forgot to buy your cat food. I just forgot it. All right, all right. So scratch the cat food. But he's got nothing else. <laughs> There's a bed that makes itself, but no damn food. And 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 later on, Lilu makes food from like a tablet. Yeah. Like, come on. That's very true. Exactly. So, I mean, there's... I, well, I wouldn't say it's a continuity error. If you look at the priest's apartment, compared yeah. to Corbin Dallas's it apartment... Looks, it looks like a normal house. Yeah. It, it, the priest's place looked like a proper multi-roomed apartment. Mm-hmm. I think Corbin Dallas must live in the poorer area of it all. Do you reckon? He's just a cab driver. This guy, for some reason, as a priest, gets a bigger building. I this So, I do have a theory. Okay. Of because he's ex-military, I'm assuming we're talking about Corbin. Yeah, yeah Corbin here, yeah. right? So he's ex-military, and sometimes they get thrown into like rented accommodation kind of thing. I guess so. So that could be like, for all I know, that building could be uh, like not say an ex-military, but one of them places like like a hostel. And explain his next door Ex- neighbour. Exactly. So I reckon he could be in like a hostel, and that's why he does what, like temporary accommodation. Yeah. Okay. Because he says he, he's retired for like five months. Six. six months so in six months he hasn't really done much so i reckon he's just building i mean that's probably why he hasn't got much he could be saving that's quite true could be why he's a cab driver exactly, exactly get yeah coming out of the military i mean jump guns again jump mm-hmm. a little when he's when his uh, former commander says you're the only one of your unit left alive yeah that suggests some ptsd issues exactly he lost his entire group that's which, uh, which is our reason why i reckon that he left that could be rising the hostel himself. And there we go. So, I mean, it could be anything, but I think there's more to it. I don't think they dive into enough of they why... They do a massive backstory on every character in that thing. Yeah. But that I, would make I the think movie like three hours long. Or even, they could have done like... Because um, you said they made a game of it, right? They did make a game some years back, yeah. Was this... I'm assuming it was never a book. No, I think it should have gone from movie to game. See, now, I reckon if they'd done a book of the fifth element kind of thing, but a prequel to it, I think that would have been absolutely perfect for explained like everything. Yeah. I mean, you, you could just have the backstory on like the main characters, but the whole, the city as a whole. So the futuristic side of it, why it's poor downstairs. I mean, I'm not being funny, but if it's that far ahead into the future, why is there like smoke and stuff? Why, why? are they poor in the first place? Exactly. You know, because the build, I'm assuming when you go down the building, it's the same building. It's just one, it's not going to be half poor and half rich. No, there's going to be like variations of like the top, the very top, the highest and the most luxurious place, obviously for the rich. Yeah. But as you go further down, this like the wage level goes down as well. Do you reckon? I'd imagine the at the very bottom, it's like the homeless, the destitute, people that are like pushed aside by society. Yeah. Kind of people that probably need the gas masks to walk out, but they don't have them. I, yeah, I guess so. But in saying that, I don't understand because things like smoking that rise. So if it rises, why are the like, why people the smoke in the first place? Exactly. It could be like machines down there that are continuously making the smoke. Do so you think they're deliberately pumping it? No, I think it's like like factories down there. Could be, yeah. You wouldn't sense. have that up. You wouldn't have the factories in plain view of everyone, would you? Even round round here. I mean, you have them hidden, like discreet, yeah. disclosed areas. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Like we, he's in the cab, but we've um, we've. Uh, at this point, we skip back to the like the president of yep. the federation. This is basically what it is: federation mm-hmm. territories, talking to everyone, talking. And the Mondachiwan, as um, we met them originally as the aliens at the beginning, yeah, request permission to come into um, like, let's say Earth's territories, and there are traffic lights in space. 
I know you started laughing at that. I just if you right space, all motion is relative, right? Mm-hmm. So if they'd come along, their solar system is either equal, like on parallel to us, or they've come up, gone down, and then gone across, or the other way, gone up and across. Yeah, but they went straight. They just went straight across. Yes. They wouldn't have gone down. They didn't <laughs> go down in the audio video and the video version of it anyway. From we see. I just get very confused by the fact that, that they could just gone over it, or even straight through it. <laughs> yeah. The red light in space is not going to stop anything from see, moving, unless it's like hologrammatic. So the space light, the, the lights and the holograms. Okay. So they could just be like, like beamed out. Yeah, but that still wouldn't stop you from going through. But don't they drive through them anyway? That's what I thought they'd done. They flew through them, didn't they? I thought they flew through the space between them. Oh, I don't know. Oh, either it, way. It's not clear. I know what yeah, you mean. Nothing but... would, it wouldn't stop you doing it anyway, would it? No, not really. And It's just weird, isn't it? Like how they've got like traffic lights. And the thing is, they don't go amber. They go red and green. <laughs> yeah. Well, amber is like get ready to go, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I don't but... think they really need that in space. Red to stop, green to go. But it's almost it's just the traffic light. That's what it is. It's just weird. Like you <laughs> stick to it if if you're gonna use the damn thing. Well, it's in the future. Who knows? Maybe they, maybe they outlaw the color amber. <laughs> is, that, is that your argument? Yeah, because reasons. Because <laughs> because the future. <laughs> a lot of this is going to be because it's the future. Because people seem to be a lot less intelligent. They do. So what happens after they go for the uh, the, the amberless traffic light? That's a nice one. Yes, uh, the Mondachiwan spaceship is attacked by creatures we'll later come to know. Mm-hmm. Horrible little creatures. Remind me of cross between trolls and orcs, really. Yeah, I, I mean, if people are listening, if you've seen the film Bright, they're kind of like that. Think of the orcs with less intelligence, sloppy, really. No, you know what they remind me of? Have you, have you ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. Do you remember a demon called Clem? Oh, yes, yes. Imagine him, smoother-skinned with larger ears. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah, that's really... Yeah. I yeah. see what you mean, yeah. But they're attacked by these creatures, these aliens, and their ship crashes into the moon. Yes. But I was, expe- you know, I was When I saw the moon, I was expecting, like, the cities or something, right? See, that's what, again... like, And the fact they crashed into the moon, as you said, there was nothing on it, but it didn't affect the moon. The moon didn't do anything. There was no, like, crater off it or... No. There wasn't even like any dust coming. I know. Like just... obviously, I understand in space. If people have gone to the moon, I have a theory on that. We'll get into a later date. Um, maybe we'll do a pod on it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the only that if dust particles were to go up, they'd just they'd stay in the air. They wouldn't drop because gravity is quite low, right? Yeah. And you don't even get that. You, you don't get nothing. No, you get. Well, in my opinion, is quite a bad. Like not CGI, but created. Half fast. Yeah. yeah. It's just to me, I, I was like, oh, it's one of the, it's one of them little things that will annoy you. Yeah, it, it's not relevant, but it's just the little things like that that are not relevant that can make it just that extra. They give you like that extra one on the rating. Yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, um, apparently there were well, everyone died on the ship. Yeah, and they find apparently there's one survivor, mm-hmm. and when they show the survivor, bring it in like a tube. It's a hand that seems to be held in, in armour. And like an escape hatch kind of thing. Yeah. So the, the survivor is a few cells that are still alive. And apparently that's all they need to rebuild an entire person. Which is incredible. I love the way they... So basically they stick it in this like 
machine. But it's but they, later on they refer to it as a reactor. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so they stick it in like this machine or the reactor, and it's like it's like they laser a new body. <laughs> yeah, it's off like, the like the hand. They've got two uh, C. What would you say CGI? Yeah, I'd say CGI so. like hands, which um, the machines next to them seem to create the body parts yeah. in slices, and the rope the. CGI hands seem to grab it and put it all in place really quickly. Which is, I mean, right, the CGI is not great in the film. Some it, bits are really good, some are really bad. That was impressive. To that was impressive. Yeah. Like even the idea of being able to it literally that was like a cut and paste yeah, of exactly a new body. And I was like, all right, so what are they doing? And then you only see the legs, and I couldn't really tell what it was. And it was a woman. Yeah. And then they they gave her. Thermal bandages. Come on. Which, like, there was no... Right, the only reason they gave her that costume is it was skimpy. Yes. That was literally the only reason. Exactly. And it was annoying because I was like, all right, I understand it, it's seductive and to look impressive. You can hear the words thermal bandage. You, you would expect... If it was like, like mummification. Yeah, something, a proper... Not a full outfit, but something that would cover the body to keep her warm. Yeah, yeah. Instead of giving her bits of fabric which is strategically I can't say that word properly strategically. strategically placed across her breasts and other areas yeah just enough to look to in, uh, it must have been aimed at like the teenage male viewers I, I reckon so don't forget that was this is the 90s so it's more <clears throat> their their futuristic was weird like yeah. in, in other films as well <clears throat> but again I felt like you know in Tron like I don't understand another film but you see when they give um, I can't remember it, Trent is his name Trent I think it is think so and uh, they give him and then they they literally clothe him and they put him in like like spandex they should have done that and then made her like to wear not wear like tight spandex but like clothing like see what the guys are wearing we um the guys have got like the tank tops and they all look ripped and muscly <laughs> yeah they should have had her in something like that but just white white or light blue kind of a hospital exactly a, not a form of fitting but something similar hospital gown kind of thing yeah but something like that so yeah. she was you could tell that she was something because she was crawling around. And I mean, there's another thing that annoyed me. She crawls, basically she escapes yeah. the pod thing and then dives out of this through the wall. I'm guessing the wall appears to be made up of the same material you wrap Easter eggs in. Yeah. yeah yes. Very much so. Kind and, of tin foil. And I don't get it. She dives through the wall and nothing's wrong with her. Dives through a cab. She dives through the cab, basically through, the, through a metal <clears> roof. Right. And there's not an issue. Yeah, right at the very end, she's bleeding through a gunshot. Come on. <laughs> Continuity error. I, again, it's just, it's them little things that I'm like, you you could have just, just. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah, she's, did you notice, as she, she's in a glass tube, but she punches out. Do you know, just beforehand, there was like marks around the glass tube, like there was yeah. pre-planned where she was going to punch, so they could punch through. And apparently that's supposed to be unbreakable. One of the scientists said earlier, there's no chance of her getting out, is there? No, it's completely unbreakable. Yeah. Obviously, you're wrong about that. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, and another thing as well, her hands got messy and her knees didn't. Like, and she was climbing, actually, when she dived through the little, through the wall, through the, uh, basically like a chamber. Yeah. What do you call that? Like the end of ventilation. Yeah. Ventilation right. system. Right. She, her hands are all dirty, which I was like, yeah, finally, they've done something to show that she escaped kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they're just dramatic. Nothing else. If there was none on her arms, none on her legs, on her knees. You would expect the knees because she's crawling it, through this. Through air. Yeah. If she's got, yeah, if she's got dirty hands from uh, crawling along this ventilation shaft, then her knees and possibly her arms would. 
definitely her knees definitely showed dirt on them. Well, she was crawling on her knees. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and like nothing, just her hands. Did you notice how bulky the police uniforms were? I know, I know, because they look like like juggernauts. Right. You I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek: Next yeah. Generation. Mm-hmm. Q, when they first meet him at Farpoint, yeah, he dresses up like a future version of not. He dresses up in different uniforms. He does, yeah. And he shows one about a military past. It's like this thick <laughs> outfit, and it's got the. <laughs> and this is where, and from this point, you learn to control military with drugs. It's that kind of futuristic outfit. Yeah, it looks very similar to their. Yeah, one. it does. And somehow, a policeman wearing all that calls through that same tube and pokes his head out. Hello, I mean, I'm glad that he can get through the in the other side. Um, but yeah, I, just, I don't know. There was just there's little things that about it. I was like, it's a good film, yeah. But I just felt like certain things were they were filmed in about. the right way, but there was little like minute details. I think if they had added, would have just added a little bit more. I think a lot of films need to have like, even though it's still being produced like a pre-showing, they invite some not some critics, not film critics, but normal people, yeah, film nerds. Yeah. Invite the invite yeah, us. Just invite us. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. You take them to like the screen of it and they'll put those people can point out we can every single thing that's gonna go wrong in that movie. Yeah. And it'll give them a chance to rectify it before they send it to the big screen. I reckon. I I, I think little things. But the thing is, is again, it's not a major thing where it's like, oh it changed the whole film. I just felt like she should have been dirtier. <laughs> yeah. Little things that have been missed that niggle at you. Yeah. Again, like yeah. You know, like I was saying earlier, what you always did with the tally thing. Like, yeah. Just it's a twinge in your head. You think you could have fixed that so easily. Yeah. At least CGI'd the line. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, after that, she's jumped. She's being pursued by the police. And yeah. No, with nowhere to go, she just throws herself off the building. And by, not more happened. And by any chance, she lands into Bruce Willis's cab. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I understand that. I was, the minute she jumped, I was like, right, she's going to land on his cab. Yeah, and then, that was gonna and you, I, I instantly said when he turned around, I went, don't fall in love with her. Didn't, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> you did. Right? And I was like, here we go. And I feel like, I wouldn't say it's because I've watched a lot of films, but some things are so predictable. Oh, they're universal. And I was like, oh, but there we go. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, he's going to fall in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been already, up to this point in the movie, he's been portrayed as the hero already. I, I know. And he hasn't done anything. No. Did? I mean, he must have done something to lose points on his license. Yeah, because he's... He's only down to five. <laughs> yeah, he's down to five, and he apparently had, what, 50 at one point. He yeah. lied about. Who has 50 points on the license? I think it's a... You have a... I think you have a certain amount of points. And, you and then... Exit, you lose them. Yeah, and then you lose. But, I mean, he lost four points for someone climbing... Falling through his, his roof. Yeah, like, that's his fault. There must be, like, an onboard... Not an AI, because that's too advanced. Maybe like a VI, virtual intelligence. Probably. Highly advanced computer can tell what's going on with the cab. Yeah. This cab has become damaged. It must be the driver's fault. Lose points. Yeah, but there was a massive gaping hole in the roof. He <laughs> didn't go, oh, I'm going to punch this out today. I'm assuming the car, the car was still made of metal. Oh, pff, I have no idea. Easter she, egg wrapping. Yeah, it must be the way she fell through it. <laughs> because it didn't seem... Once again, like you said, no damage to her. She I know. fell through, she's poked her head up and said, you know, jabbering at him. Big bada boom. That's a good impression. Thank you. It's all right. That's actually what she says, by yeah, the way. It's not it me, it's me randomly saying that. <laughs> big bada boom. Yeah, big boom. Big boom. Big boom. Bada big boom. And then uh, basically she says to Bruce Willis, help me. And he drives off like a madman. Yeah, the police have stopped him. Yeah. <laughs> and said, basically, he's saying, I can't help you. I've got 
one point left. I think to get back to the ga- the garage. Mm-hmm. Garage. 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 And uh, she says, "Please, twice more." And he says, "Okay." Basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> they damage the police car because the winch they're using on it gets ripped out. Yeah. And then they go for a joyride, basically trying to avoid the police. Yeah, basically, um, he takes her to the priest. Well, no, we left out the fact that Mon- McDonald still exists. Oh, that's right, go on you. <laughs> Placement plug them, go because we're not getting paid by him. <laughs> the big them. M. They took him to the priest. <laughs> go on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that after 300 years, is it 300 years? Yeah, 300 years. They're still going. The outfits, the uniforms were very weird though. The yellow and red, red wigs. Yeah, they were red wigs, weren't they? Like, I hope so. Unless they're forcing their employees to dye and grow their hair now. It's got a lilu hair color. Yeah, why does she have to be ginger? There's nothing wrong with ginger people. I, I know, but beautiful and wonderful. It, it just seemed like gingers have been so picked on for so much that it was like, let's make the fifth element ginger. <laughs> like, I mean, that's probably why I'm making her a hero. Yeah, but it's ginger. Ron was never the hero. Ron was a jealous twit. Exactly, and, and, and that's perfect for a ginger. <laughs> you know, you're kind of redhead. You said almost redhead yourself. I'm not. I'm I'm dark. There's no. I'm not cherry blonde. <laughs> you have an inordinate amount of freckles, though. <laughs> I do. It's the sun. Well, it's no sun. It's, it's the weather. <laughs> the sun. I think it's a moon out there. <laughs> you have moon burn. That's what I've got. <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> So, I yeah. know where you were going yeah. with that, don't worry. So uh, we, we established that uh, Lilu's her name. Um, Actually, we haven't yet. Oh, well, no. He, Bruce Willis tries to take advantage of her. Well, no, right, they got to the priest's house. They've, they, he assumes they're there to get married. Mm-hmm. He says marriage is, oh, yeah. marriage is on one floor up, or is it down? Down. Marriage is on the next floor. <laughs> no, knocks on the door again. She fell out of thin air, started babbling, and he shows her a tattoo she has on her arm of the well, the symbols of the four elements. Mm-hmm. And he, at this point, goes, it's the fifth element. And just falls over backwards in a dead faint. Oh, that's annoying and all. I hate that. Why faint? To get yourself in a flurry. Like, you don't have to faint. Well, he's been waiting over 300... His religious order has been waiting 300 years for this woman to return, this person. Yeah. I might faint as well if basically living embodiment of the fifth element was here. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just... It's, again, it's one of them things that it's like... Why? Like, do you know what I mean? It was like you could have just gone, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and like, <laughs> and panicked kind of thing. It's Unlike like I did when I thought you turned it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. But I, it's just like you fainted. I was like, oh. well, in this mean... eye roll moment <laughs> for you, yeah. At this point, um, he's put her on the settee yeah. and he's gone and slapped the priest awake. <laughs> that was a hard slap. Who doesn't want to slap a priest occasionally? <laughs> that was a vicious slap. <laughs> That was solid. He slaps the priest awake, and the priest is confused for a second. Why are you here? I put the girl. The girl? Yeah, the girl with the tattoo. Yeah. Not the dragon tattoo. No. Four elements tattoo. This is not Dragon Wars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, go go back and listen to that and all. (laughs) Yes. We're plugging our own stuff. Why not? (laughs) By the way, McDonald's, you listening? You owe us something. Yeah, you do. Plugging you. Yep. Free food. Was there any more product placement? There was only McDonald's, wasn't it? Yeah, I think this was actually before like major product placement, wasn't it? This kind of movie. Uh, kinda. There wasn't like there was a, wasn't a lot. I think in the nineties, that's when the product placement really started to. Up. Yeah, but McDonald's. Well, that, that was like a that was for me. That was like um, 
I don't, there's something about this film, like talking of McDonald's, it had like a futuristic feel, but with packs of 80s stuff, like yeah. the music and the look. And I was like, what are you it's doing? McDonald's, the fu- it looked futuristic, but it looked 80s in the way. It- yeah. Maybe it was um, revivalist or uh, retro. That's the one I was looking for. Yeah. Retro so we've got idea. like a retro futuristic element. That would really confuse the heck out of me. Where are we? <laughs> we're in your house. Oh, I was wondering why I thought that <laughs> So uh, we're at the uh, priest has just been bitch slapped. Bitch slapped. Yeah, they've woken him up and he's <laughs> run off to get into his new costume. Yeah, and yeah. at this point, as you said, yeah. Bruce Willis, what? He's meant to be the hero and he's basically assaulting this woman. See, I think it was love at first sight. That further for him, the... maybe, but that's for men. It's mostly lust at first sight. Yeah, I reckon love at first sight. And that's why, because he's always said there's only one woman. So I'm assuming as well, we find out right near the beginning, he must be, div- he's divorced, right? Yeah, his wife left. He, 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 the, recently, what he said, because he, he only got recently got two bits of mail. Yeah. He's American, so it's uh, mail for them. One, from my wife saying she was leaving me. And two, from my lawyer saying he's leaving me with my wife. Yeah. So literally, that's only, like, must have been the last few days that she's left because the post must come more often than that. Mm-hmm. Or has he got not had mail in like months? Or something? <laughs> I don't think he's had. I think just after the that he left the military. Yeah, well, that could be a part of the reason he left. Yeah, maybe he thought leaving would uh, bring them together again, and she didn't want him around. Well, he wrong. He's, where do they live? She didn't live there with him. I have no idea. Uh, can you imagine two people living in a house? I can, I can imagine one person living. There I get the I get claustrophobic on my own. Yeah, I get claustrophobic on a crowded bus. Uh, yeah. Then that's that's a. I mean, I think his room was. I would say the width of the bus. I would need that that that, that window at the end that opens up. Yeah, I'd have to have it open most of like with oh. a chair there or something. My head sticking out. God, yeah, that'd be horrible. I couldn't do that. But then it's if it's like we said before, like a hostel situation. Mm-hmm. Possibly. But where were we? So the priest got bitch slapped. <laughs> yeah, we've got. <laughs> Corbin Dallas has turned out to be a sex pest and tried to kiss her when she's <laughs> unconscious. Come, ladies, seriously. You've been rescued, fine. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean you owe the guy anything. No, it doesn't. But I feel like that's a typical Hollywood thing. I saved the damsel in distress. So I get, so a, I kiss. get a kiss. Like, come on, man. Yeah, unfortunately, with the advent of all the bad stuff that's happened. Just say thank you. <laughs> See, you don't need <laughs> a to handshake would have done yeah. just as well as him trying to slip her some tongue you know, while she's a, unconscious. A happy hug and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all that's needed. <laughs> happy hug. Yes, I think he was hoping for uh, a happy Yeah, well, I'm assuming. We, uh, we established that, uh, basically, he asked what her name is, and then she says... A whole long list of words. I was going to try and write it down, but I did not catch it quick enough. I can't even... Well, you should ask me to pause it. Maybe it came up. Uh, well, uh, the, the drama that you had with the beginning of trying to run a DVD... It... Well, I didn't have problems with the DVD. I thought we'd started recording. That's no. what that was. <laughs> no. What when, when you played the DVD at the beginning... You press the subtitles, press play movie, and you went back to the DVD menu. <laughs> How is that my fault? That's the DVD. This I got it from a shop. I, I actually put a note in saying DVD menu hates Chris. <laughs> oh my god, seriously? Yeah, that was my first note. <laughs> Mine was Aliens Visit Earth. <laughs> but yeah, uh, now he's run out of the priest, Vito Cornelius. Yeah, Cornelius. Cornelius. Runs out in. A very strange garb, looking nothing like the original priests, but it's got it's like a tabard on his front with the four element symbols. Yeah, and she's ecstatic to see it because then she realises she's she's with friends. Yes, that's and right. She, Corbin gets thrown out. <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, sorry. As she wakes up with him trying to slip her some tongue, she says something to him in her this language she's speaking, takes his gun and puts it against his head. Yeah. We, we later find out what she said was uh, never without my permission. No. Yeah, yeah never without yeah. my permission. But I mean, saying that you don't get permission at the end. Hero kiss. <sighs> Again, yeah, yeah, but he just got the hero kiss. He just saved her. Yeah, but this is after a big thing. Oh, That's just I a see, small bit. Oh, I know. Bloody thing. So after that, we get introduced to... What's he called? The guy with... He's, he's got a bit of plastic on his head. I don't remember if he was... Zorg. Zorg. Oh, Zorg, yes. Yes. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Or Zorg for short. <laughs> yeah, or Zorg. He's walking along and one of his aides comes up. One of his aides walks up to him yeah, and says the economy's heating up and our people wonder if we could fire, say, 500,000 people in the smaller groups that no one would notice, like the cab firms. Now, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Just, Zorg just happens to own the cab firm that Corbyn works for. Bit convenient, isn't it? Zorg is a psychopath. He goes, uh, fire one million. But 500,000, yeah, the other guy says, but 500,000 and stops when he sees Zorg's face. Okay, sorry. He walks off, basically. Shows it. He's, he's power hungry, man. Oh, yeah. Most people, when they're getting their level of power, are hungry for more. Big time. Yeah, the fact that he so callously puts a million people out of work with barely a thought mm-hmm. shows that he doesn't think of these people as people. Yeah, he just looks down at them. Yeah. And then we, we he introduces us to this badass weapon. I didn't write down the name of the weapon. I should no, I didn't either. But all I know is, if you get a weapon from Zorg, don't press the red button. Yeah. Any movie, you're given something with a big flashing red button, you don't touch it. No, you just leave it. Never, never touch it. You just put, like, you don't press down it, but you just set, like, a sticker over the top and do not press. <laughs> Someone will still press it. <laughs> Someone would press it just to see why you shouldn't press it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's got some really cool functions, that weapon. I kind of like it. Apparently, it can break down into four easy concealed parts that are immune from X-ray. Yep. So X-rays are still used in the future. Okay. Uh, I love the recall function. Say you're walking along, you shoot someone with it, and they manage to survive and run off. Yeah. You could aim the gun anywhere around you, in any direction, and the bullets will fly still towards that person. Yeah. I wonder if they can go around corners. Bending a bullet. I haven't seen that movie. Wanted. It's all right. Not too bad. I'll drop my notes. Do you want them? <laughs> yeah, I do want the notes. <laughs> drop them. Throwing notes at me. <laughs> if they were 50s, I'd take them. <laughs> so would I. I wouldn't be throwing 50 pound notes at anyone. Yeah, my wallet. Make it rain. <laughs> Make it rain. But uh, if you're going to get up on a pole and dance, I'll start making it rain. Well, I mean, we'll talk about rain later because that comes in a part of this film. It's not really rain, but yeah. Well, she says rain. Rain falls. Yeah, that could just be like water dropping, which it is. Yeah, I guess. Well, well it's sweat in it. Sweat, baby, sweat. <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> but yeah, so. I was about to say a line from that, and that would really have been messed up. Yeah, that would, we would have had to a uh, parental guide. <laughs> so we can uh, have a parental advisory if we start singing. Yeah, because that singing's that bad. <laughs> no. You have a go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So after that, we find that Zorg's power hungry. Um, and he, he refuses to give them... The guns, because what he wanted in return was the four. What would you call them? The four the stones. Four stones. He was. Did the, they have a name for them? They just called the stones. stones. Um, yeah, he was. 
He was. He told them to collect. What he actually did was tell them to collect the box yeah. containing the four stones from the crash site after they blew up the ship. They got the box, being warriors and not very smart. They didn't check it. They brought the case back and gave it to Zerg. Zorg. <laughs> Zerg. That's twist story, my friend. Actually, Zerg is an alien race from StarCraft. <laughs> yes. It's in Toy Story as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's, he's like the Darth Vader figure oh, you, of Toy Story. confused the hell out of me now. I'm thinking, sure, no Toy Story. It turns out Big Buzz's dad. <laughs> yeah. You knew I was going to say yeah. that. Oh, good times. She's really just ripping off Star, Star Wars in every way there. Well, we'll do Toy Story, trust me. No, I don't want to cry. No, no, that's only the third one. Story. <laughs> With all holding hands and about to get into the incinerator. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Right, well, you've basically just told them the end. Yeah, going out to do it now. So Toy Story's done. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it, basically you press it a red button and he explodes all the um, the Aknot. That's not what they're called. Zorg. Is it not called the Aknot? I don't know what they're called. They have the... Uh... Oh, Blaster, what's it called? It's got it written down here somewhere. The Mangalores. Is that what they're called? That's, That's what... the race is called Mangalores and Aknot is the name of one of the guys oh oh yes of course because it says Aknot that's not your face yeah yeah because that way you can shape he's the only one who seems to have that power to well no but two of them do it three three yes so I, I mean I don't know if they're if they can all do that or it could be technology it's the future there could be technology it could be an injection they have temporarily to do that yeah so yeah it but um, Chewy Sweet that does it I don't know <laughs> oh, oh Chewy Street oh I thought said Cherry Street no it's a Chewy Sweet uh-huh. um yeah, so basically, they'll get destroyed. And then, I don't know, I can't... Basically, my next note is Zorg chokes on a cherry. Yeah, um... So that's, that's got to be next, right? Zorg basically sends for the priest. That's right. And he's S&M-looking guys that... <laughs> they are overly muscular, right? This is like the steroid-looking gym buddy <laughs> kind of thing going on here. He's dressed them with little plastic bits on their heads for some reason. Yeah, well, I don't get that plastic Short bit. shorts... Skin tight short shorts and skin tight black lycra tops. I'm guessing why Zorg isn't married. I wear that to the gym. <laughs> In Soho. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the priest, the priest, they knock on the door and the priest opens it and looks all three of them. This is like his assistant, which is an African American guy. Yeah. And two of these lycra cad bodyguard people. And he looks at them and goes, Weddings? Yeah. Which, I mean, in the future, weddings must extend to a lot more than just man, man, or woman, man, or woman, woman. You know, the what is roundabout right now. <laughs> you kind of confuse yourself, then. Man, yeah, man, or did. woman. Well, everyone know they'll understand what I mean. The generic wedding. Yeah, generic or the others. Compared to like the multiples they must have in the future, he's expecting all th- four, three or four. Well, there's alien races, so I reckon that people must be able to marry an alien. Well, we had that blue tentacle lady later. Exactly. I got it from. Well, that's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? But yeah, um, they grab him. They say, uh, so the, the assistant goes, not really. Grabs him, and next thing you see that he's being pushed into Zerg's office. Yeah. Cornelius basically tells Zerg that he's an enemy to life. And Zerg comes up with this long speech about the fact that how life is a result of chaos and destruction. Mm-hmm. Proceeds to destroy a glass and causes little cleaner robots to come out. And thinking he's won the argument he has a cherry which immediately gets stuck in his throat does he make himself a drink 
Yeah, after um, the, the machine brought the glass back up and put water in the glass. And then it, I did, so what I thought, because I was taking a note, okay. but I thought he was making the drink and then put, you know, sometimes you have a drink and then throw a cherry yeah, I in. I think that's what he actually did. And I think he drunk that and then, it, yeah. You know, you've put a cherry in the drink, bite it. Just why do you put a fruit in a drink? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary. Well, you just stick an apple in a glass or have a drink like that, would you? you just... Exactly. So why you... And and the robot tells you, cherry. Like, you don't need to know what you picked. He actually, he actually, the robot, the voice, actually tells him what fruit he's just picked off of his bowl. Yeah. That's like... like the, the computer's watching him all the time. You've just been to the toilet. Kind of thing going on there. Again, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Very future, much so. man. I, I mean, I know I like futuristic stuff. I don't want it being that like, advanced. <laughs> I don't want you the computer to tell me exactly what I've been doing you and where. This amount of milliliters. Okay. <laughs> I have enough Thanks. trouble. I have enough trouble dealing with the fact that Google records what you look up online. Yeah, exactly. say history is private and it's staying private. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're looking. No up one online. should ever know. <laughs> Probably very tame compared to yours, though. Auto wash. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of auto wash, Dallas wins a trip. Well, we haven't got to the part that he's um, the priest saved him yet. Oh yeah, yeah. The, so the priest. <laughs> So this is my thing. Dallas bitch slaps the priest. Right? Yeah. The priest bitch slapped. So bitch slaps him crowns him with a statue. <laughs> but yeah, the priest uh, they're still in Zerg's office. Uh, yeah, yeah. He say um so yeah. the priest saves his life by patting him uh, smacking him on the back. Patting him? God, that's a gentle pat. <laughs> that's why I change it to smacking him. <laughs> so Dallas wins a trip, which is um a trip to two to Floston Paradise. There we are. But that's forced that he's won. That's rigged. Yeah, that's the one. So basically, at that point, he's got the. He's then told he's going on a trip. Well, he's on. A, he's got been given a mission. Yeah, his, his mother rings up saying you've got to take me. <laughs> yeah. And take me where? You want me to beg? No. I want you to tell me what's happened? I've just got <laughs> mugged. My cab's wrecked. I've just lost a major fare. <laughs> Oh, so you don't know you've won a trip to Floston Paradise. They've been blaring your name for an hour on the phone. But I would have been informed, and that's when it comes down the side. Yeah. Yeah, because he gets the message. Yeah, he gets a... it comes through just as he said that, which is very convenient timing, <laughs> really. So after that, we find out that... Um, it's all been rigged by the yeah, military. By the military. So, because they found out the Mondachiwans never truly trusted humanity with the stones. So they gave them to someone they did trust. Mm-hmm. A woman named Plava Laguna. That's right. Yes, I like that. Okay, she's a good character. Yeah. So after that, basically, Dallas kills the, uh, the military. Yeah, because he like, he wants to, he makes up some, some little lie about Lilu going to be his wife. <laughs> Twice he does that. Yes. Very, to me, right, I know, it's really creepy to me that he's automatically said to him, oh, she's my wife, you got the remarriage? No, she's going to be my wife. What if she doesn't want to marry you? Oh, but I reckon they do. They get married in the end. They must do. All we do is share. All, we, all they do, we know for sure, is they kiss. That's it. They, they bump uglies. There was no bumping of uglies. At, at the end, they're bumping uglies. Right, we'll get to the end, but her <laughs> exploding to a beam of light from between her breasts <laughs> is not bumping uglies. Unless I've been doing it wrong. Why, <laughs> do you explode from your breast? Not my breast, no. <laughs> your feet. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, my, yeah. my next note is auto wash. Right, he's he's to keep to keep his involvement in the military secret for a little while for some reason which makes no sense to me. Yeah. 
he pushes all three of them into the fridge. That's a very roomy. He looks really small, but it's a very roomy fridge. And the thing is, it's not like he's got to pull much out of the fridge anyway, because he's got nothing in it. No, he just pulls this. The... It's probably why he's got nothing in it. <laughs> he he's knew what was happening. The shelves. shelves. He just pulls the shelves out, pushes yep. them in there, and uh, shuts them in. Yep. Which that is a very, very cold fridge, isn't it? Because when they open it later, <laughs> kind of, they've got a frostbite. <laughs> frostbite on the frostbite. He lets Lilu in. Does um, and the priest? Yeah, we don't know that first of all. He lets mm-hmm. her in, and the priest suddenly comes around the corner with his hood up for some reason, holding <laughs> a gun, very like very shaky. And he heard about Mister Dallas's incredible good luck, incredible good luck, and he needs the tickets. Yep. So instead of asking for them, the he... priest decides to brain him with one of Corbin <laughs> Dallas's own statues, medals, and just deals the tickets. Yeah. Runs out with Lee. They run out, and Lee Lou's talking, obviously berating him in yeah. the innate, in like the holy language she speaks. And he goes, "I know, I know, I'm not proud of myself." This <laughs> <laughs> tiny little man just brained this former soldier with his stone. <laughs> this point, back, they run off. Yeah, and Corbin gets up, checks the back of his head for blood, <laughs> checks it, and he lets them out. Yeah, he does. But yeah, we should go back to the auto wash. Mm, so. Basically, he puts the people in the fridge, the military lot in the fridge, yeah. and then the fridge sinks down under the floor, and then the shower goes up, comes yeah. down. Hello, that's me. Don't worry. Yeah, so the sh- the shower comes down. Lilu then he then tells Lilu to jump in the shower because what are the alien is called. No, at this point the alien it's not the aliens, it's the police. Oh, it's the police, right? The police, yeah. The police are trying to find Corbin. Uh, Corbin, yeah. Because someone's uh, putting a fake mm-hmm. tip about him uranium smuggling. Yeah. So. He's got to put his hands on the wall. Yeah, this bit confused me as well. Like, all they'd done was just change the name of where Corbin Dallas was, and then they arrested someone else. The, the, the mad guy at the, right at the beginning. Yeah. Was that the same guy? Cause that yeah, was, that was the same guy. You had a shame, obviously. Yeah. You hold a knife, but to me, it looked like a different person. See, that's what I mean. It doesn't make sense. Why would just the name badge on the thing say, oh, that's that's that person? Well, um, there was no number on Corbin's wall. On So they found the correct number... And the name on a different door. But who placed that on a different door? I honestly don't know because you see someone pull it off, don't you? And you know, that's never. Lilu pulls it off. Is it Lilu who pulls it off? Because she shows him the thing he's saying. Because he, he gives her a thing when it's the priest. If you ever need me, this is my card. It doesn't explain why she pulled it off the door. I think she, she pulled it off to say, I need you, as in, like, you know. Okay. But yeah, um, it, see, it doesn't make sense. on the wall. Yeah. And because they've got these, the police in their bucket bulky outfits have got these devices which could somehow see through solid walls yeah which is worryingly scary you know someone's abused that power haven't they come 100%. on so you yeah past any building you've just got to hold it up and you can see what's <laughs> going on inside that's that's voyeurism at its peak it is so basically they, they scan the room and then they take someone else um that they think is uh, corbin. corbin and yeah that was and basically as that's happening corbin puts lulu in the shower it sends the shower up, and, and then the fridge the, is there. And the puts, puts the priest on the bed. Yeah, and then <laughs> slides him under. Yeah. And then after that, he pulls them back out again. And, they and, have, uh, they go and, get, the and then that's when he gets attacked. Yeah. So, that's that part. <laughs> yes. And then we uh, we get introduced to Ruby Rod. Well, um, yes. Um, at the, at the that, airport, yeah. Yeah, at the airport. Cornelius, the priest, has got his apprentice. So I'm going to just refer to him as the apprentice. Yeah. With fake multi passes for the both of them. Multi pass. Multi pass. Multi pass. 
Yeah, because apparently Lilu likes saying that word a lot. She, uh, the apprentice poses as Corbin Dallas mm-hmm. because they then both have to go to the to Plava Laguna. Yeah, to collect the stones. But just as he's about to get on board, the real Corbin Dallas catches up with him. Yep, and then basically funniness ensues, and the apprentice has to be shoved off. He runs away. He does. So the real Corbin and Nelilu are on their way to uh, Flotsam, mm-hmm. and the apprentice manages to meet up with his master. Yeah, and steals the drink. Yeah, and then <laughs> the priest tries to get himself on the. Uh, would you say it's a plane? Yeah, a ship. Let's just go with plane because it looks, yeah, like, it a looks like a futuristic plane. It looks like a space shuttle, really. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. So it goes on that. While that's happening, we uh, get introduced to Ruby Rod. Yep, Ruby. Um, I guess. Yep, Ruby Rod is well. Who's the actor? Uh, it's Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, in a leotard of so a <laughs> red leopard print leotard. So, so this this is my description. Imagine Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Combined with Prince with a Michael Jackson voice. That is actually very accurate. That's really accurate for the, for the character of Ruby Rod. And that's basically how I looked at him. I was like, that is basically him. So, yeah, but that, that's basically how I described him. That makes complete sense. Yeah, that's exactly how he looks that, like. Isn't it? Even the actions he does and everything. <laughs> yeah. The, frankly, I've, I've got down that he's a bit of a creepy perv. Is, um, and he's very flamboyant. Oh, yeah, very much Way so. He refers to himself as Miss Ruby Rod at one point. Yeah, and that confused me, but I'm not going to get into... No. <laughs> we'll have someone complain about gender stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not... Overall. So basically, but, um, I don't know. But yeah, so basically, that that's how I um I would describe him. I'm assuming Kristen agrees with as that I description. Said, yes, yeah. I agree with it. So we meet him, and I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I could spend a day with him. <laughs> no, he's, he's got three people around him who are basically yes, yes men. men. Yeah, And I hate that because you want someone to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I, the thing is, even if he got told the truth, I don't think he would be like, he'd be like, so? He seems to believe that green is like, the, everything has to be green, everything has to be right. Because green is money, I think. And that's, like, in America, it's dollars, isn't it? So it's yeah. green. So I reckon green's like, that's the pinnacle because he says like, like an emerald. Oh, emerald green, okay. I didn't really focus on the money aspect. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, there is money in the future. They uh-huh. refer to that. But... So, but yeah, so what would you describe him as? I'd say he's like a... What would you say? How would you describe Ruby Rod? Exactly as you've done. No, I mean, like, he's job-wise. He's a DJ. Is he's that what radio. he is? But he doesn't play music. He's a radio personality. A radio host yes. sort of thing, yeah. And we kind of fall back into him, his radio work towards the end of the film yeah that is a lot of his lines are basically because all the all these bits he's everything he says is during his radio show it's, yeah it's basically similar to a podcast really yeah to, do you know what when I was watching it I was like he, he's like a walking advert yeah big time <laughs> he's like a walking billboard sort of thing the way he talks to acts um, you know I mean he's very like I said flamboyant and it's just things like when he does he doesn't sign a signature he just makes a, a mess yeah, the, and that's his, like, his that's his sign. Do you know when he goes just uh, how he signs? He takes the paintbrush off of that and it walks across. Yeah, yeah. Why are they still painting? They've got people arriving. They should, all the painting, all that should have been done. I, I, so I think because it's just a red paint bot. 
So I think they're giving him that so he can just because he runs across with the paint thing. But isn't some guy actually painting? And he takes it. I don't. I didn't see that. I thought it was like they basically were like that. That's your pen, and then he just runs across and drags it across. Because okay. then he takes the wine, and then he splashes it over the the, uh, the book. The, the book. book. And they smile about it. Yeah. So I reckon that that's like his calling card. So basically, it's like a, a mess is like Ruby Rod. But yes, uh, we are. They've all arrived on Flotsam. They have. Yes. And for some reason, as they arrive, they've got uh, Hawaiian people singing and dancing for them. <laughs> on another planet. I know it's a tropical planet, so maybe that's how it works. Yeah. But these, Corbin Dallas has arrived in his own little apartment. Mm-hmm. No, no Lilo. Lilo's gone off somewhere else for some yeah. reason. We'll find that out later. He gets a phone call from his mother complaining about that he didn't How did she her. get the number? I don't know. She, he, the, the, the people who own the place wouldn't. Like some random person is up. My son's staying there. Can you give me his number? They wouldn't do that. They'd want <laughs> proof. Yeah. Or they'd speak to the guy beforehand. Mm-hmm. But do you know hunting still exists in that universe? Did you realise that? Yes, because the blue alien rug. Yeah, yeah, it's on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an alien that's just been like skinned and used as a rug, like an old, like a polar bear would have been mm-hmm. like, horrid or something like that. But um, a little while later, they've moved to the concert hall. Yes, they have. And they actually opera. Re- Yes, they are cool. And they're actually with Gemini Croquette herself. Did you know that? They, so they oh, really? That. There's a woman there holding, like, it looks to me like a box of cereal or a toy. Mm-hmm. But that's Gemini Croquette herself. Oh, well, I didn't actually notice that. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, <whatever. laughs> but yeah, um, we both, like, Ruby Rod has clearly slept with the Emperor's daughter. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, one of the characters, I'm assuming it's an alien. Mm hmm. Because he talks about her special music, and what he plays is clearly not meant to be a song. <laughs> no, it's a clip from. Well, no, you know, I'm going to skip that because I can't accurately describe that without sounding weird. Yeah, I know what you mean. But um, they, because as he walks past, he mentions several people. Mm-hmm. One is uh, Roy Von Baker. I think it's Roy Von Baker. I could be wrong. The King of Laserborn. It's stereotypical, overly muscular jock. Yep, jock guy. So I'm thinking, was that maybe an NFL player? Do you reckon? Like, do you know what I mean? When I have like a celebrity, like a cameo. With a... Yeah, possibly, but I didn't really. Well, I didn't actually think of it. I just thought they picked up some random, random generic. Yeah, and they got the uh, the second person he mentions is the. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to Billy Ray because that's what it sounds like to me when he speaks. Billy Ray, the star, the star of stage and screen, mm-hmm. who is apparently completely and totally deaf. Yeah, so I don't know why he goes to a concert in the first place. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? And that's when they get introduced to the Emperor of My Pay or something like that. I can't pronounce the exact name. But are you, they're supposed to look like Chinese-like aliens, I'd imagine. Yeah. It was, it was weird. I didn't like the idea of the way they'd done that. They no. just looked... I, I, it to looked me, like the looked, old-fashioned stereotypical Chinese. Yeah, it was yeah. like a little bit uncomfortable out of place well. kind of thing. Yeah. Like they were too... Um, human dressed up. Too, yeah, too human for the future where they were. Yeah. Kind of thing. And they all sit down to marvel at the skills of Plava Laguna. They do. Uh, she does this. Uh, I don't know the name of the song, but she does. An, I think it's an actual song. She actually sings. And uh, also, while this is happening, Li Lu is in her quarters mm-hmm. because the Plava Laguna's bodyguard—not bodyguards—they're her entourage. The only two we actually see have been shot and killed in the room because the oh, what are they called the name of the creatures. The Mangaloids. Mangaloids. Yeah, that was because you weren't too sure what they were called. I, that's a weird name. 
Because uh, well. I said mongoloid. Yeah. And I think that's actually a proper term for someone of Mongol descent. I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong about that. But mangaloids, yeah. I don't know how they got on board the ship, since it's supposed to be like a secure place that you've got emperors, you've got presidents, you've got all this people, all these sorts of people there. And yet somehow a group of... Oh, was, yeah, they do shapeshift, don't they, apparently? Yeah, so yeah, I mean... Could have snuck on anyway. Think yeah, but then I don't understand how the priest's apprentice gets on because he doesn't sneak on the ship. No, he just turns up out of nowhere, doesn't exactly, he? Exactly, that's what I mean. Because he didn't sneak on with, uh, with the Cornelius priest no. at the beginning, no. No, because he wasn't there. No, he wasn't. No, no, he didn't. He wasn't on the ship at all. He'd gone to the desert to prepare it, hadn't he? He'd gone to Egypt. That's what the Cornelius told oh, him. Oh, is that what he says to him? Yeah, he says, go oh, to Egypt. okay. He goes, oh, we're going to Egypt. That's right, yeah. That, that, that I, makes I'm sense now, yeah. Rod's the way he acts with the, the apprentice then, aren't I? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a good... I love that bit of scene. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, basically, they come along. They, uh, man... What are they called? Mangaloids. Mangaloids. I was say Magnolia, then. The Mangaloids come along, and Bruce Willis... Bruce Willis is the scene up. Actually, no. At this point, Lilu is still fighting in the room. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so Lilu kicks ass. Uh, my note actually was... Uh, so Lilu has a flashback. Yes, because one of the Mong uh, she sees the monk the Mangaloids, and it flashes back to her the, the ship crashing. Yep. We discussed this, didn't they? Didn't we? Because she's a, they they refer to her as an engineered being, mm -hmm. and they show her DNA spiral when they're re resurrecting her. Yeah, which is much more complex than humans. So that must mean she has genetic memory. So is she, is she like a clone of the original Lilu, or is she the original Lilu herself? So I, I think, right, so after some time of uh, pondering, right, I think, because there was already a version of her, she's a clone of the original Lilu, but with all of her memories. But if you've got the same thoughts, things, and memories as another person, like that person's life, you've got all your exact physical shape, so everything's the same. Yeah. You have all the memories. How are you not the same person? Because it would two people would have lived. Yeah, but she wouldn't have been created if the first one had lived. Guess. <laughs> but then it's that's getting into philosophy yeah. territory. That's going to give you a headache. I, I, the thing is, like, I, I think she was definitely cloned. Like she was completely cloned. We know that. Like she was rec recreated from her own body. Yeah. Um. I don't know, because it's hard. I mean, I would say, all right, maybe she was a rec recreated as herself, kind of. Do you know what I mean? So she was recreated to be... Let's just think of it as a very powerful form of mitosis. She spawned from herself. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best way to explain it. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it quest I like, like to question, if, if someone had died before, they just need the body to be going for a little while, right? Yeah. And the, the body has to be slightly human. Yeah. So in that time, if they could have, if say for example Bruce Willis's wife, she could have died. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they had, had, had injected the hand, for example, they got another hand with blood and adrenaline, the hand would be would be alive for that, for that brief about thirty seconds. Okay. If they'd done that, would they then be able to bring back that person? Yeah, but Lee Lilu had like I assume genetic memory because you saw her DNA was spiral was yeah, much yeah. more advanced humans wouldn't have the genetic memory they'd wake up they'd have a clone wake up not knowing who it was Lilu knew straight away who she was and what was going on do you think that was because she was who she was yeah okay that's fair enough any normal person i would if it was a normal like me or you i'd say it was a clone because they'd have no idea who they were but someone with genetic memory carrying on that all the knowledge they had before yeah 
See, I'm only assuming she's got genetic memory. Because she seems to... She, be, she knows everything, yeah. Yeah, she, she knows she's got to get to Cornelius. Although saying that, it could be because of the, the imprint that, like, that she's got on her hand. There could be a reason why she knows that. So that, that that's in, it's like printed in her DNA. And it's like what? Like a memory file? Yeah. She sees that and it triggers the memory yeah. file. Okay, that's close. That's fair enough. Do you know what I mean? It could be because of that. And then it's like, oh, that's a reminder. Yeah. Okay, I'll let you go for that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, she has her flashback and then kicks ass. Yeah. Like completely. fully. So uh, that's the only time you see her really using like what could be considered a specialist ability. Yeah. That, that, and I like that because she was like, all the rest of it, she was like a damsel in distress. Yeah. And then she came into her own of who she was and then becomes a damsel in distress again. <laughs> yeah. It was like perfect. Like she'd done her, what she needed to do. It's almost like, like the adrenaline rush people get. It, she has it, she can kick ass and then it fades and she's low again. Yeah. But yeah, um, while this is happening, the, 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 the diva, Plava Laguna, has been shot on stage. Yes. All the, the Mangaloids have invaded the opera house mm-hmm. and they're taking prisoners, basically. Yeah. And she gets shot and Corbin gets her off the stage and onto the, where the seats are. So nice. Yes. I, you know, he's only there for one reason, though. Yep. I was sort of saying I was going to say, but I'm not going to say that. Right. He just wants the stuns. Yeah. Which, there was another thing that you noticed. When she was singing. Yeah, when she's singing at the front, you can clearly see a... A rectangular shape on her stomach, you know, inside yeah. her in her stomach. I'd never noticed that before. And when, as she's dying, she's been shot. She tells Bruce Willis, his character, Corbin Dallas, that the, she, he asks, "Where are the stones?" And she goes, "The stones are in me." Dun, dun, dun. I don't understand what took him so long to figure out. Because he's like, <laughs> "They're in me. The stones are in me." And then he looks at the bullet wound on her chest. Damn it, Bruce! Just put your hand in there. <laughs> put your hand in the, the soppy hole and give him a tug. Yeah, the thing is, like you said, how much of their body do they really have? Because there were four stones and they're pretty big. <laughs> they were huge. We wouldn't have been able to fit four of those no. in our body. And even me with a wide <laughs> stomach I've got on me, would not have been able to fit four stones of that uh, length. They I would know. be pushing up through your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. I think. as you were singing, her yeah. voice was going up and down really quickly. That's more like a bird's, the way a bird would speak. Yeah. Rapid change in um, pitch and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he gets the stones out of her. And and then he Bruce Willis is the scene. Yeah, it's the only way <laughs> yeah. you could describe it. It goes across shooting, blowing things up. He tries to get the death guy's help, just passing the gun, and yeah. death guy, for some reason, rolls him to <laughs> snooker balls. balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know anything? What? The guy, the Bruce Willis, clearly going gun, gun. You can tell. You can clearly see the way. He's I don't know why he didn't just like point. That animate called charades and bang, 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 bang. I want the bang, bang. Yeah. It's a big boom. <laughs> it's a big boom. Um, a boom. So, yeah, he basically gets the... Uh, he gets the... Man... What are they called? Mangaloids. Mangaloids. I could go and say Mangolian. Uh, man, he gets the mango. One of them dies. I'm trying to think of how he kills it. Because he, he kills it, and then he takes that gun and then shoots Chris Tucker out of the... I think that's the one where oh, he, no. he bounces him up. That's right, yeah, he bounces him up, and then Chris Tucker pushes him down again. Yeah, and he, I think he kills him. Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry! <laughs> oh, you forgot the bit, we forgot the bit earlier, where um, they're at the stage, and Chris, <laughs> was it, it's not, I, think, I keep saying say Chris Rock, what is his name? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. It's, um, Corbin Dallas puts the gun in Chris Tucker's hand, in his hands, Yeah. and he's shaking so much. So if um, Corbin Dallas goes, if he moves, pull, shoot him, pull, pull the, the trigger. trigger. Yeah. 
<laughs> Corbin Dallas has got stoned. He turns around and quickly surprises Rudy, Ruby, and then you bang, blows, he blows <laughs> he's, him. He's patting, he's patting his head and dying. Is he going to be all right? Is he going to be fine? <laughs> no, he's not going to be fine. Clearly, he's never killed a uh, an, an alien before. before. Yeah, or anything. So, yeah, after that, um, we find out there's a bomb, don't we? Because he runs back to save. But they... I'm trying to piece at this, it together. At this point, they've just got to the... Um, that surveillance room, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they find out the priest has been held captive there. That's right, yeah. And you've got Lee Evans. Who's <laughs> yeah, a car- little ca- uh, cameo in this movie. <laughs> Run, um, he's standing there like... The Mangaloid goes, send someone out. Send someone in to negotiate. Bruce Willis walks in, shoots the but leader straight in the head. How did he yeah. learn to negotiate like that? Yeah. <laughs> Great and then, line. And then at, at that point, it flicks to like the president of a plateau. Yeah, yeah. Chambers. Yes. I wonder. And he looks across to Corbin's old boss who like adjusts his necktie a bit. Like, yeah. And, and then, then you want... we just, um, he's looking through the surveillance system to try and find... Lilu. Lilu. But Zorg has entered the ship at this point. Because mm-hmm. the reason Lilu is in danger, you know, needs help. Is because Zorg will shoot um, as just after she's beaten the Mangaloids. Yeah, he shoots her. He comes in and takes the case off of her, basically, and st- and she gets into the ceiling, which mm-hmm. is somehow a large enough space to crawl through. Yeah, all these places have large enough spaces for people to crawl through. Yeah, I mean, even I could have fit through that vent. Yeah, but the way she got up though. Yeah, it quickly spin herself and beat straight up through it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, that means when she gets up there, she has to curve straight in straight away. Mm-hmm. She's flexible. Which is so. <laughs> yeah. so basically, Zorg plants a bomb. Yes. They everyone runs into the room to try to help Lilu, and then <laughs> Ruby Rod stops and goes, "What's that? What's this?" Because the, the the priest at this point is with them. The priest is running. <laughs> Ruby goes, "Father, father, what's this? What's this with the numbers?" He goes, "It's up, it's up, it's up." No, 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 no. Because if it was a bomb, all the arms are off. Because this place, this bot place, these hotels have bomb detectors. Mm-hmm. At that point, the alarm started going off. Conveniently. Yeah, yeah. a lot of this stuff in this movie is very convenient. Yeah. Yeah, and the alarm started going off, and caught, uh, Ruby says to Corbin, you know, how to, you know how to stop this, yes? At that point, they all start pelting it towards the vehicle bay. Yeah. Because everyone is now rushing towards the life. Yeah, the so they set off like a, like a bomb escape, and everyone goes to the escape pods. Yeah. Um, due, to re- due to reasons, this hotel has to be evacuated. Please leave in an orderly, fa- orderly fashion. And everyone goes mad running for the escape pods. Poor Fog. Everyone charges at him again. Yeah, Fog is Lee Evans' character. Yeah. He works on ship and calls him to, his name's Fog. <laughs> Why would your parents name you Fog? I think that's a nickname. Well, if his name's Foggy or something. Could be. Or Froggart. Could, I don't know. Foggy sounds rough. All right. But I just like, you know, you hear saying and it seems to trigger a name. Yeah. But yeah, um, they escape on Zorg's shuttle. Because Zorg has left... And mm-hmm. come back again, realizing the case he was holding did not have the stones in it. Yeah. So he's, he opens the case, laughs, closes it, and has to run back to the, uh, the, the ship. He leaves his ship behind, and they miss each other like by the hair. Corbin Dallas's group get in the lift. It must be a very roomy lift. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot. It, looks, it does look like there's a lot of room in there. And as they enter, Zorg comes out, and you know, the doors close. They can't see each other. Zorg goes off and stops the bomb. Yep. Whilst Lilu and the others have got on the ship and blasted yeah, out of there. Escaped, yeah. But the Mangaloids, as a warrior culture, believe in self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Even to stop their enemies. So they've got a bomb with them. Yep. He's, he 
activates it, and it's a five-second countdown. Mm-hmm. And as it reaches uh, three, Zorg just goes, oh, no. And then it, everything Boom. just explodes. Yep. Yeah. So at this point, you know now Zorg is dead. He's, he's out of there. Yeah. He's out of there. And they're now making their way towards uh, Earth at a rapid pace because they've been told the dark planet, the evil that's hanging around, mm-hmm. has now made its way rapidly towards Earth. Yeah. I think that thing must know that Zorg is dead. Do you reckon? Yeah, because it only, um, only starts moving at that point. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so they get to the, what do you call it, a pyramid? Temple. Temple kind of thing. And basically, the priest knows, he kind of knows, theoretically, as you keep saying, how things are supposed to be done. It's probably been passed down by word of mouth, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. There's no scrolls or anything like that. Which you'd think. I thought the place where they have to be, there would be something on the wall. Yeah. Hieroglyphics. <laughs> like how to guide and how to actually How to weapon. do it, yeah. And there's not. So they kind of have to guess, which is um, conveniently, they get right. Yeah. Actually, if they got wrong. They're sitting there for like hours as the thing approaches. Just scratching the red. They didn't even have that much time, anyway, Like five minutes? Yeah. Um, they arrived. <laughs> they said they had two hours before the evil arrived. Or like one hour, 58 minutes. And Corbin hangs up on the president saying, I'll call you back in two, two hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they put um, Lilu in the middle on like a platform. Well, she's having to lay down at the minute. Yeah, she's yeah. Not unconscious. But they each, each one of them, the priest, the apprentice, Ruby and Corbin, yeah. each take a stone and try to activate it, try and open the stones up. Mm-hmm. The, the apprentice just says, we're all going to fail, and goes, <sighs> breathes out, and the, the stone moves a bit. Yeah. Everyone gets called over, and they finally realise they have to use the elements themselves to open their elemental cases. Yeah. They ask Lilo, and she that's when she goes, Fire burns, water, rain falls. That's that's all she says. Fire burns and rain and rain falls. Because she wind said, blows, she "Wind blows." As well, well. wind, she wind around, blows. She, she doesn't say earth. earth. No, because I was thinking earth. No, but yeah, she doesn't say earth at all. But they find they figure it out. Yep. And the priest uses sweat to open the water one, which yep. is icky, but it's clever. Yeah, I and, thought. Go on. No, go on. No, I thought what was going to happen is you know when a guy says we're going to foul. I thought he was going to cry, and then the tears Oh, okay. would have been that kind of thing. But he sighed, and it was completely different. It was the same sort of technique, yeah. that idea. But I thought him crying would have been like a desperation of... Yeah, the, the tear uh, like, yeah, and that's And that's what I thought would have been. I thought that would have been pretty cool. Okay, well, yeah, but he ended up with the windstone. Well, yeah. But they realised what happened. Um, yeah. And at the end, Ruby has got... Not this isn't the end of the movie, but at the end of this section. Ruby has got the fire stand, but he... The fire stone, the fire... Yeah, stone. Yeah. And he has got no fire. Corbin, I've got no fire. Father, do you smoke? He's asking. <laughs> I wish I never gave up smoking. <laughs> that is a lot of movies, isn't it? Yeah. I picked the wrong day to quit smoking. But yeah, um, Dallas has a match. One match. One. And it's already been mat- like lit. So how did he relight it? It was black. Or maybe matches in the future are black. <laughs> Possibly. And um, to me, like, when I see a match and it's black, it's burnt. I think it's like you've got the. I've seen some matches which are really dark brown. Yeah. And others which are red, even before they're lit, you know, before activated. So I'm just assuming it's a really dark brown match. Yeah, it could be. But anyone who's ever used a match in any way for anything mm-hmm. will know that you cannot light one, strike one the first time. Yeah. I, I went through a half a pack, strike it, it'd break. <laughs> or it'd light up for two seconds and go out. Yeah. So the fact that it lit, it activated. First time. Yeah. And didn't go out. Mm, little. Um, we're talking about a sci-fi movie with 
magic, basically, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking of that thing being unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Convenience seems to be the main word of the pod. Yeah. So, yeah, so it basically puts the match on, lights up the uh, the final. All four of these elemental stones are now active. They are. But Lilu can't think of a reason to save anything mm-hmm. because she's never experienced anything. She's been a weapon her entire life. Yep. And then... Conveniently... <sighs> yeah, we, go on. We get the... Now, I understand that in Hollywood you have to have a great finale and and everyone has a happy ending. And I get that. It, it, it makes you feel warm and bubbly. But why? Why do they have to go, I need you, I love you? Come on. They, ha- they haven't technically spent a full day together, have I know. they, really? He, he kissed her the first time. <laughs> she put a gun in his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, I get it. Like, you need her. Like, he fell in love with her straight away. Yeah. And I think it's basically because I need you. She was like, oh. And she went a week at the knees, like, just <sighs> Hollywood for him, man. Yeah. I need you. It's more like uh, you'd hear someone screaming at your window at four o'clock in the morning, like, I need you. Do you reminds me of, you know, in uh, Casper when he goes, can I keep you? Yeah, the kind of creepy thing it's yeah. made to sound really nice. Yeah. And he was like, I need you. I mean, he does sound I love you, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's going, uh, <clears throat> I can't think of anything worth saving. He goes, what about love? Love is worth saving. He goes, yes, but I've never felt it. I've never, I've never known love. Yeah. And then he basically says he loves her. And then she, her chest just explodes yeah, into all this. All the like, beams, the, all the elements, they beam oh, together. Oh, they link together, yeah. Like a pattern around her. And her light, her power mm-hmm. manifests and it goes shooting up, hitting the dark planet, which is now just above Earth's orbit. Yep. Now, I'm pretty sure that's not a stable orbit it's in. Because it was on its way really quickly towards mm-hmm. it. You didn't really have time to stop and think, am I in a geosynchronous orbit? <laughs> do you know what else I was thinking? Because Bruce is hugging her while it's going on. Yeah. So do you think the love from him connecting to her was why that was such a powerful like, weapon? Why she was even stronger? I think love was supposed to be the fifth element. Do you reckon? Yeah, the, love, the, the force of love itself. Because mm. uh, remember the prophet, not prophecy, but what they said beforehand. If darkness stood there, in between all the five elements, everything would die instantly. Yeah. It'd be from light to dark, everywhere, everything would be dead. Yeah. So this evil planet, which is basically like a dark moon, wants to end all life everywhere. Mm-hmm. Once every 5,000 years, it gets a chance to do that. Yeah. Who made these ones up? I know. So basically, that's what happens. And uh, at the end, they all meet. Like, they all go back, don't they? Well, it's quite funny, um, Ruby, after everything, they're all, oh, yeah. they're all really happy what's happened. I forgot about that, yeah. And the apprentice just screams, yes, and Ruby goes, ah, screeches, what are you shouting for, smacks him. <laughs> Every five minutes is something, a bomb or something, I'm out of here. He walks off. Yeah, I love that. Noise. He's a good, he's a great character. And then they go back to, what is it, is it a ship, or they go back to Earth, or... Well, they're already on Earth in Egypt, aren't they? Yeah, so they, they go up. to New York, basically, I assume yeah. New York, and the uh, genetics clinic where Lilu was resurrected. And then, they, th- I'm assuming they heal her. Yeah, but I'm assuming, that's, that thing seems to be designed to rebirth people. Yeah. They put both of them in there. They call it the reactor in that scene. Like, they needed a few minutes, so we put them in the reactor to heal up. Like, what about the machine arms? Are they waving around trying to poke them in? <laughs> so, this is what confuses me. When they're in the reactor, when he says they need an extra few minutes, are they? Yes. They're doing they're either doing something or they're being um, killed. 
No, Peeled. they're they're bumping you uglies. And you can bumping uglies. They are making passionate sweet love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, they're, they're making the fifth element. <laughs> making a baby fifth <laughs> element. So yeah, basically uh, the screen well, goes on them kissing. Yeah, because he look he, he looks in there and sees what's happening. Yeah, the guy the technician turns around and looks away, and he the bearer he minds with his hands what mm-hmm. they have to do. Yeah, and, and then his mum rings. Don't even sound like the president. The character mother rings, and as a guy at the president claiming he's not the president, he doesn't sound stupid enough to be yeah. the president. <laughs> How humiliated is she going to be on the news when that comes up? Do you know what I was thinking? You know the police when they had them screen things. Yeah. Oh, if if they'd have gone near the reactor thing, yeah, in the reactor thing, one of them, that would have been a something completely different. That made it a very different type of movie. (laughs) It would not have a PG rating. Not at all. Is that PG film? Uh, I believe so. I know my mental problems. Yes, the fifth element. Wow, that's really good for a PG then, you know. Since they do swear a couple of times, yeah. there is a semi, not not a nude scene, but it's close enough to it. Yeah, I mean, you're, she is nude. At one yeah, point, she is, and you see it. Yeah, but you don't see it. You see, no, you see like, like you see the top yes. half from a distance. Yeah, I think they tilt it enough as well, so you don't see. So you don't see. Well, yeah. yeah, typical Hollywood, like um, Austin Powers at the beginning when he, he's oh, always yeah, got like, a leaf or flower. Yeah. All right, so that's how the film finishes. Yeah, but I. Th- I I've got to say, I think that she gets put back into stasis. She is a weapon, frankly. She is the fifth element. She's a weapon. Mm. And every 5,000 years, evil gets a chance to return. So this process has to be repeated every 5,000 years. Well, I have an idea. Okay. I reckon they could have... Bear with it. They okay. could have sedated her first. So she's out, out cold. I reckon what they could have done was cut off her leg... Or her arm again, and left a genetic sample. Put so his stasis and kept that there. Regrew her arm and let her have her life. Okay, but right, okay, that could work. True, I'm I'm agree with you on that. But the dark planet, the dark moon above them now, mm-hmm. does that mean Earth is a second moon? Because that's going to affect gravity. I know, yeah. That's got like, the waves are going to be a lot higher or something, or lower, or and it'd be a lot warmer. Yeah, because that's close. The the frictional heat that mm-hmm. the gra- the gravity and the because they don't push it back, do they? It just stays there, like, so that's orbit. It's the size of a yep. moon. Exactly. I mean, the military at the beginning screws it up by shooting at it and making it even bigger. Yeah. Unless they did shoot it and then it explodes after. It's just above Earth's orbit. If they explode it, Earth is going to be hit by massive amounts of meteorites. There we go. So, yeah, it must have a second. Something else must be orbiting there. Interesting. But I don't think they'd let anyone stay on it because no. it's an evil creature, basically. Yeah. But I guess, right, they've got 5,000 years to worry about it, so. <laughs> Just fix the rocket to it and blow it out into orbit, out of, out of orbit towards the sun. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how it finishes. <clears throat> Do you want me to go first with a rating? Yeah, you go first this time. All right, so, because obviously it's the first time I've seen it. So, a few things... <sighs> I, for a PG, so this is this has changed my <laughs> mind. I thought it was like a 12, like not a 15, but it would have been like a 12A kind of thing. Yeah. Watch it with an adult. I didn't know it was a PG, so... For me to enjoy the PG film and it and it to be as it was for a PG, I'm gonna say a seven point five. Okay. Um, little obviously little things were annoying as you've heard in the pod, but I think it would it would I would watch it again and I'd happily watch it again with like mates and I'd be like and I want to watch it back to see the bits that I missed that I now yeah. understand. So yeah, I would definitely want to watch it again. So I'll say seven point five. I'm gonna go seven point four. 
I know, it's a bit <laughs> odd. We normally go 0. 0.5, yep. but I'm going to go 0. 0.4. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, like I said, like uh, I've seen this many times before, yep. but I can pick out like, the bits of the bad, bad CGI and stuff. Yeah. If it was remade today with the same characters, we know Bruce Willis being like five <laughs> decades old at this point, or at least looking five decades older. It, I think it would do well in cinemas if it was brought out like a remastered edition or something. I, if they'd done a remastered edition, I would love that. I'd actually, that'd be one for my collection. <laughs> 100%. Right. So, overall, it's quite a good film. Yeah, I, mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was confused. Like I said, I think if I watched it back a second time, I'd like, oh, I get that now. And yeah. more things would stick out to me, uh, which I like more, and I definitely like them sort of films. So, yeah, so I thought it was pretty good. Um, so stay tuned because... Uh, yeah, we've got more pods ready than we have out at the moment. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is weird. I mean, I don't mind the editing. Um, <laughs> getting to hear our lovely voices for over an hour. I mean, we've gone quite long on this one as well, actually. Yeah, it's quite... It's a bit late. But yeah, it's good. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening and uh, joining uh, Well, joining us on a futuristic journey Indeed. of uh, Fifth Element. Now, if it's something that uh, you do like... And you like these sort of pods. Uh, basically, we've got like, a, I don't know if you've sort of listened. We've got like a new technique now. We're being, we're just talking more about the film. We're, we're telling the story, but we're not going into more detail. Yeah. Um, personally, I enjoy it, listening back and talking about it. I just, it's more freedom. We're not stuck to a script and we don't sound as robotic. So if you are enjoying the, the method that we're doing now, and then... We, um, we do go off on some really weird tangents. Yeah, but I, I, I like it. It makes I mean, more it, human. Exactly. We're, we're actually having a conversation with a lot reading off a note but i mean the last note i took i took a few was like i mean i wrote yeah escapes and with the stones like that was my like i didn't have to take yeah my last thing is opens the stones and power of love uh, power of love power <laughs> of love i knew you were gonna do that <laughs> so yeah i mean i i feel it was all right i mean so yeah if you are enjoying the way we're doing it now then um if you're listening to us on youtube give us a thumbs up if not, then uh, just all we ask, right, is subscribe and give us a high rating. I mean, there's not much to it. All you got to do is click subscribe. And if you're on the iTunes, the rating's underneath the subscribe button. So there's yeah. no excuse to not press five stars. So, again, if you're a first-time listener and you've made it with us to the journey right at the very end of this pod, firstly, well done. Secondly, I would, well, wherever it is you're doing, if you're doing nothing, then go back and listen to the other pods again. Yeah, even if you're doing something important, stop what you're doing and go back and watch the first pods. <laughs> exactly. I mean, can't go wrong. Just uh, before you do that, subscribe and leave us that five star. Yep. If you're a second time listener, well, thank you for coming back. And why haven't you given us the review yet? Exactly. So if you have come back, but you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe because, yeah. you know, that's the best thing to do. Indeed. It is. So thank you for the journey. Uh, I've been Rob. And I've been Chris. See you later.